Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Mike Galtieri here, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. We have the Minutes with Mute. Scott Mutrin joins him, joins us. You know him from the BC Learfield Radio Network. Back once again, another as a sideline reporter for all the BC football broadcasts, home and away. So lucky enough to have him join us here in the week previewing BC football games. Uh, before I get to Scott, though, I'd like to remind everybody, if you this is the time to do it now. This is really the most important time. Late August, you got to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com for more details. Tailgating, pregame, uh, you know, home and away. Away, they have special tailgates as well. It's a really good organization. All the details, bcfootballgridiron.com. Okay, with that now, we bring in the one and only Scott Mutrin. Scott, first of all, great to have you back another year. And how was your summer? You know, Mike, it's great to be back, excited for football. I, I do uh, enjoy those last couple weeks of summer, uh, especially, you know, these this week and next. Uh, the last week and this week. Uh, it's been great. It's been running around a lot, you know, uh, chasing people all over the place, trying to uh, follow kids around to different places and also try to get some family time together. It's uh, not as easy as they start getting older and a little more mobile, but, uh, you know, some good times together. went to... Spent some time in Nantucket last week with the family, so that was great before all the chaos starts uh, this uh, this weekend. Yeah, no question about Labor Day weekend. That's a great segue to your family. How about Teddy Mutrin? I saw your son, 16-year-old, going to his uh, junior year in high school. I couldn't believe it on Twitter. He said he was committing to BC hockey. I just couldn't believe it because of his age. I always thought that your kids were a little bit younger. But congrats to your family and Teddy. And, uh, wow, BC hockey commit uh, a couple years away, too. Yeah, very, you know, very happy for him. Uh, still a long way to go. Uh, he's he's definitely excited. He's been a BC fan because of, you know, mom and dad brainwashing him since he was younger. And, uh, you know, he had an opportunity to go. And uh, hopefully things work out and he's there in a couple years. Uh, but he's he's very excited about it. We're very, very happy, proud of him. But, uh, you know, he's going to be at St. Sebastian's this year for his junior year with his brother's. And uh, we're we're just you know long way away, but very excited for him to be at that situation and be thought of in that way. That's so exciting, so exciting. Okay, Scott, with this now we got hopefully a very exciting BC football season coming up. Let's recap last year: BC football three and nine, two and six in conference play. Obviously, not the year they wanted. Jeff Halfley in his third year last year, now in his fourth year, and. I guess let, let's start with that first, Scott. You know, coaches, new coaches, new hires, especially a program like BC. You look back, Tom O'Brien, year three, year four, that's where you really get going, get the flow going. The You know, the red shirts, the first couple classes are now juniors and seniors. Uh, are we going to kind of enter that era with head coach Jeff Halfley, in your, your opinion? Yeah, it sure seems that way, um, you know, from, from having watched them uh, a couple times. The thing that stuck out to me the most, was the bodies that they had at practice. 
it felt like there were 120 kids out on the field um, at all different position groups and a lot of guys competing at a high level. So, one, that stuck out to me. It looks like there's a lot of uh, um, roster space, you know, taken up. So um, it was good to see that. I think, uh, you know, you've not had a chance to let some of your guys mature for your recruiting class that you bring in in your first couple years. COVID obviously, you know, hampered Coach Halfley a lot at the beginning. But uh, I think now you see the fruits of his labor and the recruiting. They're tireless recruiters, and uh, you're starting to see you're starting to see that come together with the maturation of a lot of guys on this team. And uh, I'm excited to see it. I, I think you've seen some guys really grow and take some steps this year. And then I was talking to Phil Steele, national writer, earlier this summer about BC football. And he said, you know, of all the teams he's previewing, the most improvement he'll see in the offensive line from any school is Boston College. I'd like to get your thoughts on the BC offensive line. I mean, he's 100% right. Uh, even though the, uh, the scrimmage I attended, they had about six or seven false star penalties, um, which is which happens. You'd rather have it in, in camp in a yeah. scrimmage than you were in game day. But uh, the one thing that stood out to me was the absolute depth of the offensive line and the talent of the offensive line. Um, you're seeing the, the new the transfers that have come in have solidified the left side of the line. Um Christian Mahogany's health and being back, he's back at right guard. And then you have Ozzie Trapillo and, and Drew Kendall at the right tackle and center, respectively. That that five is pretty damn good. I'd put them up against a lot of people. I think, you know, at least three to four of those guys could play in, in the NFL. So you want to talk about going from a position of weakness to a position of strength. Well, that's it in a nutshell. And uh, very impressed with the, the growth. And, the you know, you've seen some size and some strength added to those guys. Um, I, I, mean, I was very impressed with the offensive line outside of, you know, some of those mental mistakes. But there's some physical talent there. There's some depth there. Um, you're going to have guys that played last year that are, you know, running with the third team this year because of the talent that they have there. So that front five can stay healthy. That's a pretty good offensive line. And that's someone that's really going to give whoever's behind the center this year a lot of confidence. To, uh, that they're going to be able to run and throw um, on their turn. Yeah, that was right. My next question is a former QB yourself, Emmett Moorhead. Now, now it's his first full season uh, with the Eagles. Just what does that mean from a QB to have an offensive line that you can trust and a kind of a, a more peace of mind in the QB position? Well, I, I think the thing that you you need to see is obviously there's you know there's some new movement. Um, you coming in and you being the guy, right? I think. Um, the, the tough part is now that it's your team, how to how to really assert that leadership. And Emmett Morad is, you know, to his credit, he's a dude that walks off the bus and you're like, wow. He's every bit of 6'4", 6'5", 240. And he's an old school. He reminds me of a little bit of like a Drew, Drew Bledsoe slash Troy Aikman type of guy, right? Uh, no throw on the field is outside of his realm. He can make them. Um, you just want to see that next step. And to me, there's the next step is leadership, uh, accuracy, um, dependability, you know, to, to be there and to, to make some of those easy throws, um, to, to take some of the boring throws because, they're, you know, it's all, everyone wants to push the ball down the field, but sometimes it's, it's just as good to take a little five-yard out pass and get move the chains and eventually hit the deep balls as the game goes on. But I do think that you want to see that growth with 
DJ Castellanos has looked good as well. Transfer, um, transfer in. I've, I've been impressed with his athleticism. He's a totally different dynamic than Emmett. I think he's around six feet tall, uh, but a lot of athleticism. He really uses legs, throws the ball well. Um, would like to see them both throw with a little more anticipation, um, but I think a lot of what I saw was them trying to, to work on some things that they had been working on in practice, and that takes time, and I think the timing and the trust, that stuff comes with reps. So I, I'm not concerned with turnovers in, in those situations. I like to see um, what they're looking at and, and what the whole picture is, and then they get a chance to work on that and rep it, but I think both those guys, um, are going to be contributing this year. But uh, very excited to see kind of some next steps for Emmett because he's got all the skills to be able to be very good. Then, uh, you know, on the other parts of the offensive uh, unit, obviously you lose Zay Flowers. How do you think we're going to look at the Eagles for, you know, the wide receivers, the running back, the skill positions on the uh, offensive side of the ball? You know, first off, it, I think you, you can even start, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, with George Backus being able to come back for another year, I think helps yeah. having a, a big, solid target in the middle of the field that can really uh, pressure the seam versus teams. I think you need to have guys like that um, in college football to keep to keep secondaries honest. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be very, very good um, for the Eagles. And then Ryan O'Keefe, the transfer in from Central Florida Electric. I mean, it's funny seeing him in number four. Um, obviously, He's got some great straight line speed. He's got some great threat in the return game, uh, which I was impressed with. Um, he is very good, very, very fast in catching, uh, getting in and out of routes. Uh, so I was impressed to see that. But I've definitely seen some growth. Uh, Joe Griffith is a, is a stud, man. He's 6'4". He's a big kid, 200 pounds, can go get contested 50-50 balls. Um, very good um, in using his body to create um, some separation and then some strong hands. Um, in, in pursuing the football. And then I really like Lewis Bond, Dino Tomlin. Look like they've made some steps this year. Uh, both those guys are, you know, able to they're, – they're a little smaller in stature, but they're able to create some separation and have some explosiveness. And Jaden Williams will be back this year. He wasn't playing in the scrimmage that I saw. But there's – overall, I think there's some more depth um, of talent in the receiver room than probably there was last year. As Some guys have another year of maturation, but – I think you got some good guys that all have different skill sets that are going to be utilized in the offense. So that's good to see the differences in uh, the differences in talent in that wide receiver room. And then as you want to go into the running backs, I think you know Pat Garwell coming back with that heavy, you know, thumping kind of back. And and then you got um, <clears throat> uh, you know you got um, Xavier Coleman who can be used in the slot that they use him in a little bit of slot and as a third down guy and Alex Broom who's an absolute, you know, just monster. He's not very tall, but he's an absolute, like, Barry Sanders-esque running back. Super thick, uh, very quick, and very tough to bring down low to the ground. I was impressed with those guys. So uh, there's some depth there. And, and and as you see, I'm naming more and more guys. It's a lot goes into the depth that I was talking about at the beginning. Uh, there's a lot of guys that, that are expected to contribute this year. That's so important, the depth, because we know injuries happen. You know, these, these guys got to step up and emerge, and, and that's how the whole storyline of the season uh, plays out. But I'll be interested to see when Zay Flowers leaves and any big-time player leaves the NFL, what players emerge. So you, you gave us some good candidates there, Scott. Okay, defensive side now. How, how are we, how we going to break down BC's defense? What are we thinking as a unit? Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. 
CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Well, I think you got to start probably on the outside on the defensive line is Donovan Azaraku, who's an absolute pass-rushing nightmare. Um, he's bulked up a little bit in the offseason, and I think he's up to 250 pounds, but he's a guy, um, he's got great bend, great flexibility. He's able to get to the edge and with a lot of force and strength and get to the quarterback. He was second in the ACC in sacks last year, um, and he's a guy that's you know going to be expected to take on a bigger role this year. Um, I'm excited to see his growth. He's one of those guys that he comes in and he's a little bit undersized, and he's a you know BC kid that just you know, he's got some athleticism and he grows into his position with some talent and he works with his craft a lot, um, and he's really improved. So I'm, I'm expecting big things from him this year. Um, you know, Sheeta Salah is coming back. He's another guy coming off the edge um, that that could you know provide some nightmares for some quarterbacks. Um, you got some depth. You know, at the defensive tackle spot, there's a bunch of guys running in. Um, Coach Vince there in the D-line, he's got he always running guys in and out. You know, you lose a couple guys, but he's got some other big guys in there that are that are ready to kind of fill the load there. Um, Linebacker-wise, they're, um, you know, Cam Arnold's back, Bryce Steele's back. Anxious to see Bryce Steele. He didn't play in the scrimmage when I uh, was there, but, you know, he's a hell of a talent, and I'm, I'm anxious to see him play this year as a junior. I really think he's going to – He's going to be a guy to watch to take a leap this year. And then secondary-wise, I mean, there's some guys back there that, that can make some plays. They've had some um, you know, some guys come in uh, and transfer in. But I think the guy that I really want to keep an eye on is uh, Amari Jackson, number 24. That kid is going to be a stud. He's got great hips. He's able to break on the football very well. He's got a little of that swag that you like to see from your cornerbacks, not afraid to challenge guys. He's not afraid to stick his nose in there to make some plays um, in the run game as well. And he's a guy that I'm really anxious to see. I saw Spurks last year. I want to see him uh, a little more consistency this year, staying on the field. But I think he's going to be a guy uh, that's going to really make a name for himself this year. Of course, head coach Chef Halfley, a big defensive guy, defensive coordinator of Ohio State, specialist in the NFL and the cornerbacks. So something definitely, definitely to watch. You know the team will be ready, locked and loaded to go come Saturday. Okay, kind of put a bow tie in the preview. Uh, specialists, how we look in special teams, Scott? Uh, kicking, punt returning, uh, kickoffs. How do we all break it down here? When what is always, always a very important side of the ball. Yeah, yeah. Return game, I think Ryan O'Keefe is going to, you know, provide some a difference maker in, in the punt return and maybe even in the kickoff return game. Um, I think it's going to be good to see him um, maybe add some dynamic uh, to, to that, as you know, Zay Flowers always provided that as well uh, when they put him back there. Kicking wise, uh, you know, they struggled a little bit when I saw. I think hopefully, you know, you get some consistency there. There, uh, Connor Litton, you know, has has been the guy hopefully you know there's a lot of confidence that's needed in that position and it's very much more of a mental thing than necessarily a physical thing but it seems like every year there's concern about this position um i think they you know sometimes you just need to get that first one under your belt and then get some confidence from there but it's a very um psychologically fragile position if you're if you're 
not feeling it. And it's, you know, Mike, you, you cover a lot of golf. I've seen you out um, on the on the circuit. If a guy loses his golf swing, it's really tough to find it, right? Yes. I think kickers yes. are a lot like that. That rhythm, that consistency, and that confidence is something that they need. And uh, if you lose it, it's tough to get it back. But once you're, you know, kind of in that zone and you have it, you feel like you can make them from everywhere. No question about it. No question about it. Got to get in that flow, that flow state, Scott. Uh, okay, Northern Illinois now. The MAC conference. Uh, this is not going to be a pushover. Week one. Yeah, and, and the thing is, and this is kind of the beauty of how college football has evolved. Is um, you know, Northern Illinois located right there, and you know, the Midwest is that. There's a lot of kids that maybe go to Big Ten schools that don't get a chance to play. Um, get an opportunity to transfer to a Northern Illinois. So there's some talented people that they get in, in the transfer portal that are able to come there because they want guys that can come play. And uh, I think they brought in about 10 guys uh, from, from various Big Ten schools to come in and, and, and fill some roles. So they're going to be a mature team. They're going to be a, you know, a physical team. Um, and I think it's going to be a challenge. It's good, to, it's good to get this game at home. To be 100% honest, you like to get that first game at home and build some confidence. Um, with that, it's they're not going to be um, not going to be a pushover by any means. I think you're going to see a, you're going to see a tough physical game at the line of scrimmage, and it's going to be interesting to see um, you know how BC responds to playing someone different. It's it's the thing you know everyone asks for prognostications, and they do schedule you know spank the schedule ratings and stuff like that. The toughest part in this is until you get out there versus someone else, you really don't know what you got. Uh, so it takes that first game and even half of that second game to really kind of see what kind of team you're going to have because you've got to measure yourself versus other opponents. So I'm anxious to see this. I, I literally say I, I, I don't do any of these predictions and stuff. i got to see him play versus someone else so that I can get a gauge as to what I think. And, um, and I'm anxious to see that. And I think that from what I saw versus each other, they're competing. They're getting. <clears throat> they're getting after it. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see them go against somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with college football. There's no preseason. There's no you know no matchups in, in terms of that. So you, you no one really 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 knows. You can go off recruiting rankings and all that, but uh, week one is always eye opening, good and bad. Okay, Scott. Last question for me here now is: What's some big games you want to look forward to for BC? Obviously, you got Florida State coming in. What are you looking forward to this season? Yeah, that Florida State game is going to be a you know a big game. It's you know it comes early, which is you know kind of surprising that you get Florida State that early in the season, third week of the season. Um, they're going to be a talented team. They really they stuck it to BC last year. You know that was one of those games that from the moment that the kickoff that, that game was just kind of a disaster. So I'm sure that left a bad taste in the Eagles' mouth, and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that game um, and how ready they are. Uh, I think it's going to be a good challenge for them. Um, I, I'm excited to see, um, you know, a couple games. I think that that Pitt game, you know, the the return of you know playing Phil Dracovic, I think there's going to be some nice storyline for that after everything that uh, you know happened with, with here and the time that Phil spent here. And then I think that Miami game that to end the season is going to be a great game. You know, it's the timing of that. You couldn't pick any better day to play Miami, right? It's the day after Thanksgiving at noon, it's like, it's perfect. Like, it's literally how you draw it up in the Northeast, right? So I think that's going to be an exciting game, and hopefully 
DC's in a great position at that time that that game could mean something um, for the schedule. It is, but it is definitely weird um, to see. You know, you don't have Clemson on the schedule. You don't have North Carolina. You don't have. There's no. I don't think Wake's on the schedule this year. So it's definitely a different dynamic. Um, but it's. You know, I, I like what they've done with the ACC. Um, another game just to go to the place because it's so beautiful is the Army game. Uh, it's, it's such a West Point is such an amazing place. So I'm really anxious to uh, go back there. I, I haven't been there since we played them in 1994. So wow. Be close to what 30 years since I've been. Jesus, that sounds old. Yeah, 94. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the last time I was there. But uh, all, I was amazed when we uh, we pulled into that place. Just how special it is. So um, just to go in the tradition of Army and the you know. And of course, too, we got to get some revenge on UConn too. Being from Connecticut, I have heard about it all year, so that's got to be a th- a big time W in Chestnut Hill. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean that that game is kind of the game, um, kind of like the Wake Forest game of way back when the three nothing Wake. Yeah, like the game you know, talk about, but uh, you know, kudos. I, you got to admit, kudos to BC for not just rolling over after that one because they could have, and they ended up, you know, getting a great win versus NC. Uh, which I was on TV the other day watching that game. It was really, you know, really proud of the guys that, um, you know, how they responded in that game. And, you know, you got to see something on, you know, on TV with Vinny De Palma uh, kind of just talking about that, that game that there's been some stuff on the ACC network. So, you know, talk about a great leader. You know, I forgot to mention him in the linebackers, but, you know, he's back. Uh, what a great leader that that guy is. He's going to be very successful in life. Um, but he, it's good to have a guy like him back to really be the anchor of that defense as well. Okay, Scott, last question. What's your game plan here? Now we're back to it. I always like to hear how do you mentally prepare, physically prepare, what do you eat, what's the eats, the pregame eats like? Uh, how are we going to gear up for Labor Day weekend Saturday? Yeah, this is always the fun one because this is kind of like the goodbye to summer um, sort of tailgate. So it's got a little more of the, the summer stuff that you're not getting into those hearty, like, you know, fall tailgate stuff. It's still got a good summer feel to it, so you kind of keep it light. It's going to be a 12 game. So, you know, probably some, you know, pregame's going to be some light, light fruit sort of foods, you know, nothing too crazy, maybe a little bit of an egg sandwich, but nothing nothing too out of the ordinary. I think the post-game tailgate's going to be better because, you know, you get some time after the game, the sun's still up, it's going to be warm. You're almost treating it like, a you know, you know, send off to summer uh, for that. But, you know, for me, I, I may be running from there to a hockey game because I know my, both my boys are playing. So <laughs> I have to be running from there. And then my younger guy's going to be playing football the next day. So I'll be jumping into it. I said, uh, you know, literally, I think starting today till April, it, uh, the chaos is starts and it doesn't end until then. So I'm looking forward to the chaos. It's always something I really enjoy. But uh, really excited for the Eagles. Um, Coach Halfley and the staff um, has uh, hasn't planned for the year, and I, I think you know expectations should be high. But I think uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna live up to it. I've seen some I've seen some good things this year. I'm very happy with with what I saw. All right, let's have a lot. Uh, let's have a great year. Minutes of mute. Scott Mutrin, thank you so much for joining us. And a reminder, you can hear him all year. Sideline reporting, Learfield Network, Boston College football, home and away game. Scott, thanks so much. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Looking forward to a great year. 
Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.